Hey everybody, welcome back to the Energy for Sales podcast where we believe firmly and strongly believe that if you're not having fun in the sales profession, you may be doing something wrong. David? Tim, absolutely. We know that to be true. And we've got a powerhouse guest again for his second second appearance. Great friend, great sales leader, Craig Eggleton. CEO of Sales Bullpen. We started riffing a little bit. We just said, stop. We're just going to get right into it. Craig is leading a session tomorrow with a group, and we're going to figure out right now uh, what's top of mind, where where people are struggling, and what he's going to deliver. So, Craig, welcome. welcome. We love having welcome you. Back. Hey, I'm glad to be here. It's always good to be around friends, and you guys bring a lot of energy, hence the name for your podcast. Man, that's always it's always fun. And I think last time I took your listenership from two people to three people and I didn't get any kind of commission for that. So actually, hang on. So I'm just going to put it all on the table. Craig, your podcast out of the 30 podcasts, I mean, we're in infancy, right? We're only at 30, but the, the, the listenership has grown. Your podcast today has the most plays. So and that's several, that's several hundred. So give it up for Craig, everybody. Shh. Okay, good. Yeah, Craig. Here, here we go. Round well, up. it tells you what an egomaniac I am because I've listened <laughs> to it 88 times. We so, can filter that kind of stuff out, but oh, you can't. No, 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 we can't. But it was <laughs> it was quality. It's been around a while, so great to have you back. So, what are you going to be preaching tomorrow? Where? From the trenches, what are people struggling with? They're going to come in tomorrow in person. In person. There you go. What's going to happen? A couple things. Um, Tomorrow specifically, without naming the the company, it's it's a company that's growing by leaps and bounds. They're buying different. They bought a few. They've had a couple acquisitions, uh, different leadership teams, different sellers. So really the focus tomorrow is to, with our program is to really teach a common selling language. Um, you can imagine when you're trying to integrate teams, trying to get a consistent message across um, common sales language, follow a uh, prescriptive sales process. So that's, Anytime you're integrating teams, it's kind of back to the basics of, you know, basic things like unique value propositions, positioning statements, um, uh, really basic sales stuff that if we don't get right, it can really make an integration um, not go smoothly, which can uh, can have an adverse impact. But so that's really the focus of tomorrow. But I was you guys had mentioned kind of talk about stuff that's been top of mind. And kind of my thought is. Anytime I'm, t- a lot of my coaching is done where I'm coaching either senior executives, senior sales leaders, and what we have been spending a lot of time on with several clients, and so I figured there's this theme here, it uh, seems to be a lot of drama in the workplace, mm. and no. so I've actually been spending a lot of time with people talking about my one of my favorite things ever it's called the Cartman drama triangle have you guys ever heard of this I never have no Cartman spell Cartman k-a-r-p-m-a-n okay and actually the drama triangle was really first uh, I was introduced to it when I went through executive coaching probably 15 years for the first time 
And I remember my coach was talking about this and the original design was uh, started way back in the 70s, a lot of stuff around transactional analysis and stuff way over my head. But really the intent early on was to help people in marriage counseling. No kidding. Wow. Yep. And so I remember telling my executive coach, I said, hey, I may have signed up for the wrong coaching session. My wife wanted me to come to a marriage counseling. But I, I want to talk about selling and coaching and but but it's it's stuck with me for all these years and it's it's really it's a simple model, but it's impactful. And if you guys are okay with it, I'll kind of describe it in kind of the reader's digest version. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because um, I think a lot of young coaches sometimes maybe or sales leaders or even leaders in general may struggle with this. So the Cartman Triangle, it talks about um, the three roles that we play in the drama triangle. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, uh, let's start at the top of the triangle. You have a victim and that victim is being persecuted by somebody. So you get your persecutor. I like it already. <laughs> you got your victim and then you have your rescuer. And so the rescuer tends to be, uh, in, in our environment, it tends to be a sales manager, right? Um, or a coach. Right. And so this triangle gets really, really nasty because over time, if we're not careful as managers, leaders, coaches, all of a sudden, those unless we teach the victims how to, uh, the old adage of, hey, that's your monkey, so you keep that monkey on your back. If we're not good at that, uh, then sometimes that triangle reverses itself and the coach or the manager or the leader starts feeling like the victim. So that now the victim starts persecuting the rescuer and it's a nasty triangle that just, that's where the drama comes into. And so a lot of our coaching has to deal with, hey, what role, because we all play a role in it, yeah. in the drama triangle. So it's understanding what role we play in it. Are we causing some of that drama? Are we persecuting people on our team? Do they feel like mm -hmm. the managers are persecuting them, uh, making them out to be victims? Um, do we overly rescue people as a manager by trying, instead of coaching them and teaching them how to do things, do we take their their burdens and put them on our plate and start doing their work for them? Mm -hmm. So that's something I've been talking a lot about, spend a lot of time on helping people with that. So what are your all's thoughts on that? Well, for, for me, very intrigued. It doesn't sound like any of the three are really good roles. I was thinking to myself as a, as a sales leader and, you know, uh, you're right. Um, maybe the caller, the people we're calling the prospect can be the persecutor. Um, but I don't want, so I got to pull my call my, my team out of being the victim i don't want to rescue them but coaching can maybe help give the tools so they can rescue themselves to me it's a, it's a really interesting triangle of which i don't know where i would want to be i don't know that i'd want to be any of those three so what what happens i mean wh where does a proper sales leader coach need to be yeah just wash it <laughs> i mean i don't, well, I don't know Here's, here's another triangle that kind of helps with that. And, and that's what I love about you, David. You're very perceptive. You pick up on these things. You're very good at connecting the dots. Um, 
So let's put another triangle in here, and this gets more into that transactional analysis. You've probably heard of that over the years. Um, but with that, what we want to get is to the I'm okay, you're okay place where everybody's okay. Um, I call it Goldilocks. Um, so if I'm thinking of a pendulum swinging back and forth and to the far left of that pendulum is just, you know, drama, fear, anger, and then to the far right is everything's okay and perfect and lovey-dovey. What's, what's right in the middle? That's where we want to get. That's the I'm okay, you're okay piece. But another interesting triangle that uh, starts off with the adult parent and child. And so we start thinking through some of our coaching conversations we have with our employees and we start thinking about, as for me as a parent, and you, uh, David, I know you're a father. Tim, I'm not sure. Do you have kids? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, four. Four that he knows of. Now, now um, I'm taking notes. Yeah. Uh, 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 now I'm taking notes. <laughs> now I'm really paying attention to this adult parent child triangle. Here we go. So we start thinking back to the conversations we're having with ourselves and others. Are those adult to adult to adult healthy conversations? Or when somebody's coming to us with their problems, do we treat them more like a parent child, tell them what to do? Um, or when we're in that drama triangle, are we in that child to child where it's just nothing healthy is going on? It's the blame game and woe is me, pity parties. So the whole point really for, for me and the coaching especially with the leaders, to first get them to understand what part they play in the drama and then really start having, we all have to unpack the conversations we have and say, okay, as we write out and script out these conversations and we play back these conversations, was that a true adult-adult conversation or was I acting more like when somebody came to me and asked me something that I just turn it back around to them and say, well, why did you do that? You should have said this to the prospect. Or, I can't believe you said that. I told you this five times not to do that. Hmm. Then we're in that parent to child. Yeah. yeah. That That's deep. Tim, I didn't give you a chance to talk. I, I know you no, will. I, I'm, just, I'm just taking I'm notes, curious. Guys. I'm curious is... if you can have a... <laughs> Yeah. I'm curious if you can have a parent to adult conversation. That's what I seem to be in sometimes, um, well, which is I, really an adult to adult. You know, I was thinking as Craig was talking, you know, you get those people on your team, Craig, you get those sales folks who say, just tell me what to do. Just give me the script to use, right? That bugs me to no end because there's a lack of ownership. There's a lack of initiative um you, you can't seem to ignite the curiosity and the creativity of problem solving and hey here's a problem but i've come up with a couple solutions what do you think coach and it's this it's this adult to adult that you want to have so i guess my follow-up question i mean I'm, I'm a parent trying to nurture children into healthy adults right um i was i was yeah. remember one of my father mentors he told me he said instead of telling your kid to do something and, and i struggle with this i mean it's easier it's, it's in fact it's, it's probably lazier just to snap your fingers and say go do this um or to snap yeah. your fingers and say hey do it this way 
right? Because I know the right way to do it. He said the best way to help them nurture and become adults is to ask more questions. And so instead of statements, asking questions. So when you just brought the illustration of, hey, you should have done it this way, or that script should have been done this way, the email should have been done this way. Asking a question of saying, what if you said it like this? Do you think it would get a better response? If you ask a question of a sales, then you're helping to nurture that person, that sales team member into a sales professional, an adult, if you will, for the sake of the triangle. The same as yeah. with the child or the, your son who you're trying to coach on trimming the grass. It's like, hey man, if you turn the lawnmower this way, um, do you notice a difference? It's like, yeah, dad, the grass shaving spit that way. Yeah, exactly. Not on the white siding of the house, right? So it's the yeah. it's the asking the question and treating them, giving them the, um, like Justin Cook said, assuming positive intent, assuming they didn't know, assuming they just need some coaching, but they're not a bad person. They're not a child, right? Assuming yeah. that they can get there. So how do you take, how do you keep that healthy adult to adult? And then I guess in the other triangle, is it rescue, which one do you want to be the rescuer? But you you don't want to be the rescuer because I mean, people need to figure it out on their own. So you, you, do you need to step outside of that drama triangle or find yeah. your role? It's interesting. I'm intrigued. I'm blown away, guys. This is awesome. It's making me think. Now, Craig, Tim asked the longest questions in podcast history. One, he has one of them every. So I don't know if there's a question. I think there was a question in there at the end. There are a couple along the way. Well, I, I tell you, I heard a couple things in there, right? So it's, it sounds like. Um, you were asking, kind of the statement question was, you've been taught that, hey, the most effective way is to, is to ask questions when people come to you versus give answers, right? Mm -hmm. um, so is that one effective way to have those adult-to-adult -adult conversations or to not rescue people? Um, and um, another Thing that I think I heard too was asking a question of take assuming they don't you know take it from the assumption of maybe they just simply don't know how to, they've never seen this before they've never been exposed to it so yeah. posing the question hey have you considered right yeah. so that's another question and and I, I said those are both all healthy things what you're doing there Tim is you're I think part of this is you have to have the right mindset coming into this first, right? Because sometimes we're, we're managing, we've got a million things coming at us during our day. Somebody comes in just out of the blue and they just drop something on us. So yep. one, we gotta, we gotta check up from the neck up and make sure that we tune the world out, tune the person in, and we're, we're there, we're present for this person. And that can be tough sometimes, especially with, I call them the problematic children that are the, the same ones that typically come to us with the same questions. Um, I think personally, some of this stuff comes into setting the right expectations on the front end. When we have people coming to us, set the expectation early on. Mm. Um, and I say set expectations if you have the opportunity, um, if, when you're hiring people in the interview phase, to really set expectations on how 
decisions are made, uh, how you're going to help people come to their own conclusions. You're not going to solve problems for them or if they come to you with problems, you're going to have an expectation that they at least come with a couple solutions on the front end. Mm. So the more I can set that expectation of uh, my my job as, as your leader is to help you to achieve your goals, whatever they are. And yeah. part of that is you're going to come, there's going to be times where you don't have the answers to something or you get stuck with something. Mm. Um, now, my default, I'm a doer off the charts. When you look at disc, right? <laughs> my default is to tell people what to do. It's much easier for me to say, hey, here's how you do it. Yeah. But that doesn't, that doesn't work all the time. Right. So I think that's one way we can set the expectation up front is when we come asking me for a solution, just be prepared that I'm gonna ask you, did you, do you have a couple of thoughts for solutions in mind already? Mm. Um, I also will, I, I think we talked about the, the last podcast with accountability. There's this, um, I gave a definition of accountability, which is clear commitments that in the eyes of others have been kept or met. And there's part of that accountability equation that says, if somebody is coming to me and they don't quite understand something or they're asking a question that I hold the mirror up and say, hey, I'm gonna, kind of like what you were going with, Tim, I'm gonna assume that maybe I haven't showed this person or demonstrated how, how to handle this. So I'm gonna hold that mirror up first. Mm. Um, I, I like that, I like, I like that. I also like, cause I will typically ask them what they think, what, what do you think the solution is? I think it's also a place for emotional intelligence and, and, and knowing your people. I took a call right before this podcast. That's why I was almost a minute late. I was not late. I was on time. Almost a minute late. From someone that I know um, I've been coaching um, was in a rough spot and 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 coached him up on, on an approach about co- connecting first, connect with empathy. Um, so he had some good success, but he had a question about about a follow-up. And so he did share with me what his follow-up, what he was um, going to say, because one of the directors wanted him to get sort of an agenda. Um, and so being that he came to me with a solution, I could have guided him other directions. Granted, I was running out of time, but, but I shared with him how I would have done it. When you get certain experience and you know your people. I also, to, yesterday, I had four, four new hires. So I'm going to treat them sharing you know where are they on that spectrum of understanding how i would handle it to craig's point maybe you take it upon yourself well i haven't really explained you know the way i would like to see certain things done you can't explain every scenario um but uh, i think it's a it's it's definitely a place also for emotional intelligence and understanding your people what do they need in the minute yeah yeah i like what um i like what simon senek says I go back to this time and time again, when you're as a sales manager, just wanting to beat your head against a wall because you can't figure somebody out or you're trying. First off, I want you to celebrate you because if you're at all frustrated because you can't figure out the emotions or how to resolve something, it means number one, you want to. So as I said, I'm constantly just being a therapist, I think sometimes Craig and David for for sales managers and people out there, listen, First off, give yourself a pat on the back that you actually want to help resolve conflict. I think uh, Simon Sennett's quote that we're all big messy balls of human emotion is so accurate. And I loved how he said it because literally sometimes it is 
uh, just trying to better understand how human emotion and psychology work. And that's the beauty of a, a triangle. That's the beauty of, of understanding and breaking it down. Like, I don't know exactly what role I want to play. I know sometimes I get frustrated and I send out an email and whoever received that email probably became the victim and I was the persecutor because I just said, go right. do this, get it done. And boom, I became the persecutor. I don't want to operate in that space. So understanding how the triangle works. And then I love the pendulum idea because you have to start with the sky's not falling and everything's not okay. So it's not Pollyanna and it's not drama. But in the middle, I could come across to realize Craig is a human being just like me. He has similar passions and desires and goals just like me. Um, we have common ground, although we might not be seeing eye to eye right now. How can we get together, have a conversation, respecting each other, human to human? And that brings us to that second triangle you you talked about, and it's adult to adult. So for me, I guess out of what I've what I've taken today is just really trying to get have a model with these triangles to better understand when drama is going on. If I can go in with better yeah. understanding to drama. I think I can come out with a better outcome because I walked in yeah. with better understanding. I, that's my big takeaway from, from today. It's understanding it better. Hey, Tim, Tim, you didn't ask a question, but you, there's some nuggets that you kind of uh, shared right there. And I, there's a couple of things I always have to remind myself. These conversations are much easier whenever we start with the foundation of trust, that both parties trust each other. Hmm. And I think it's a good reminder of saying, hey, we're all on the same team together. We all want the same positive outcomes. And so when we start kind of peeling back and say, hey, let's get down to base level. Um, a lot of times when this drama stuff comes up, it's probably is the trust as good as it could be. Mm. And then when it's really, really heated, take a step back from the situation, just remind folks, hey, we're on the same team here. We've all got the same goals, the same wishes, the same outcomes. Um, the thing I've always loved about selling, especially in a team environment, is it's very unique because you have individuals who are out there trying to achieve their individual goals. Yeah. But the team can't achieve all their goals unless all the individuals are clicking. So we have to, there's a, there's a, there's a unique dynamic there in cells that's not there with a lot of other functions. And so I think it's always that good reminder of balancing and saying, okay, same team, same goals. Yeah. Now how we get there may be a little bit different for each person, but the ultimate outcome is still the same. I love it. I love that you went into trust. Um, I, you know, I think about Franklin Covey's book, The Speed of Trust. And when, when, we tr when trust is high, um, progress is, is scale, scaling is, is higher progress, the speed, you know, it just goes way up. Um, yep. it's interesting you say that because again, sometimes as a leader, there may be like, a, you know, there's explicit commitments we have that we make and we keep with our teams. There's also implicit commitments that maybe aren't verbalized, but maybe our team believes we should be providing. And so we start getting emotions back from somebody we think start feeling sensing somebody's off having a healthy conversation of hey you know are you in a good spot is there something i could be doing for you is there a, you know and just let have that safe place they could say no craig like i feel like you should be doing that oh okay I, hey you know because if we don't understand where trust has been broken 
then there's no way to re-solidify and rebuild that trust. And I love that you went went to trust because I mean, yes, that that's the same in our marriages even. Um, you know, when 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 a, when a spouse starts getting off or a partner starts getting off, you know, it's 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 a good time to have a conversation. Just like what's what's going on? What's up? Well, I've not spent a lot of time recently. I've been around, you know, and it's like I know, but we've not really spent time. You've been around, but not, you know, and we've probably all had that conversation over the last 18 months during COVID, right? Like, yeah, you've been around, but you've not been around. So sometimes just, just clearing off the plate a little bit and having that conversation and then starting from trust, building that trust back. And I think then we, we can work out that drama. Now, I don't know where David went, Craig, I, is he still frozen on your screen? I mean, it looks like he's saying something so powerful over there. I, you Am need I to get a screenshot of his face and David, make that. I did. I took a picture because he's taken many pictures of my frozen face. David, it's a good face, <laughs> I will say. Am I still frozen? We're tossing it back to you, but you are frozen. All right. Well, can you hear me? We can yes. hear you loud and clear. So I keep looking down to the triangle, and I still don't think the Cartman t- drama triangle. I don't think there's a pl- – I think as a coach, we got to pull people – we have to see what role they're playing and pull them out of it. I don't think it's, there's a good position. I keep looking down at the three of them, and I don't, I don't think they're good. Yeah, and that's where I, that's where you, when you look at the the triangle itself, is the whole purpose of that is understanding where where you fall in that drama. That's the reason why it's called the drama triangle. And the key to it is how do you reverse that? Um, so if I am the rescuer, I'm playing my part in the drama unless I push back. Now, being a rescuer doesn't mean that I don't, you know, listen to what's what's happening. Hmm. But pushing, you don't get sucked into it either if I'm not helping that person solve their own challenges. Why is it that they feel they're being victimized? Hmm. Why are we allowing somebody to persecute? And so that's where the, the importance of the drama triangle is understanding which role you play and then how quickly can you not be the rescuer? How do you remove yourself from being a rescuer to how do we really get into, in, in my world, it's how can I become the coach, right? Hmm. And coaching doesn't mean enabling people, it means empowering people. Oops, and I threw my phone or something. Um, but that's the important of it, David. It's like, hey, is there really an escape? Yes, it's understanding where each person, the roles they play, and then how do you escape? Yep. And Got get you. into those healthy space. So you want to you want to get out of the triangle is, is what what I'm taking from that. And I think that as a coach. Um, not only do I not want to be a rescuer, like take the monkey on my back, like you mentioned, I do want to find out what people need to be rescued, but no one needs to play that role. It might not be healthy. But then from the victim side, I heard in what you said, I heard empathy because you need to understand why does the person feel victimized? You need to have empathy. Yeah. And then the persecuted. I mean, what, what are their, what, what are their bottlenecks? What are their there's something going on, the pressures, the corporate tax, there's some reason that things are coming out in, in this negative, dramatic tone, or, or maybe it's just their management style and they need some coaching there if, if that's the, the, the persecutor. So I, I feel like it's a good model for understanding and, and the triangle. And then 
exiting, helping those people in those roles identify and, and then exit. So, um, well, here's something to think about too, is, is you know, because you could the fun thing about this is you could actually make a, a team exercise of this of saying, okay, guys, which where do we fall on this sometimes? So sometimes the manager, right? And Tim, you mentioned this is an email. All of a sudden, you could have a bunch of victims, and you're the persecutor because of an email you sent off. Now, sometimes, as a manager, maybe you get a directive from corporate that says, hey, we're changing our go-to-market strategy. We're changing something. So you come to your team as the victim saying, all right, guys, we got to change things up. And, I, you know, this wasn't my idea, but, you know, corporate or my boss is asking me to do this. So you're playing the victim card, and you're expecting your sales team or whoever's reporting to you to rescue you. Mm-hmm. So... There's, yeah. And that's where I've got to ask myself anytime I'm in drama, I've got to say, okay, what role am I playing in this? Did I cause this drama? Yeah. Um, one of my first bosses who I've got a great deal of respect for, his first rule was no drama. He said, I hate drama at home and I don't like drama at work. So don't, you cannot cause drama in my department. And I just always remember that. And so anytime there was drama that came up and I was a part of it, he would remind me, you're causing this. Now stop it. <laughs> hey, he set the expectation, right? You said it. Set the expectation. Absolutely. Right when he was hiring you. No drama. So set it up front. I love it. That's probably going to be the title of this one. No drama and, uh, and and some triangles to boot. So I know last time you brought us a Bono quote. So, uh, David, any feedback from you? Any questions to wrap us up? If not, I'm going to let Craig give us a golden nugget and get us out of here. No, I think it's great and um, just exciting, uh, again, to further our coaching and our leadership of teams and people and our, really ourselves as well. So thanks, Craig. Uh, kick, us, kick us out with words of wisdom. Oh, my gosh. I, you know what? I didn't come up with the snappy uh, words of wisdom or any kind of quotes and – Man, this is gonna kill me too because I'm like I always want to end on a good note. Do you guys have like some phrase or some thing that you've heard recently that kind of stuck with you? That man, I just think no drama zone. I mean, no drama. We have to. We have to. Go ahead. Yeah. No. No. We'll call it the no drama mama or. um, There you go. (laughs) No dysfunction junction or something catchy. I don't know. You guys. Hey. Oh, um, you, you heard it here first, guys, on the Energy for Sales podcast. Craig, this is this is really uh, raised the bar. I, I, when you said executive coaching, um, I, I knew we were in for a treat. And uh, you, you've given all of us and uh, listen, listeners and, and us here t- today um, just a lot to think about. But uh, really, at the end of the day, guys, it's all about leading our teams and coaching better. Somebody said, uh, don't play the superhero with your teams. Just coach and let them be the heroes. Make Help make them heroes. And I love what you said, Craig. You said um, our, our job is to help them achieve their goals. And really, that's that's the job of, of management and leadership, guys. Uh, so anyhow, uh, tune in uh, next week as we uh, interview another uh, sales leader. And if you're not, uh, if you haven't put stars around September 18th, you're going to hear a lot more from Craig uh, and others on that day, September 18th, 830 to noon, the sales summit. And uh, follow the podcast, like it, share us around. And we'll see you back here next week, guys.